glad you're back with us. Another edition of Get Taxes and Duval alongside Hayes Carline. My name is Rick Ballou. Another busy week for the Jaguars. They played well in the first half against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, well, the thinking was maybe they get out of there with a W. It didn't work out that way. A missed kick by Ryan Santoso. He has unfortunately now been shown the door. First things first, Hayes, before we recap that and look forward, let's thank our sponsor. Yeah, appreciate Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. That's John Spicklemeyer's shop. He does a great job. I've known him since high school. We're uh, great friends, and uh, that's who I I give my car insurance business to, and and it's very simple. Uh, The the first time that I called John and and had him look over it, he honestly said, Hayes, I don't think I can help you. Things changed in my life uh, in circumstances, and and then he gave it a second look and was like, yeah, absolutely. There's some some things in your policy that uh, you don't need to be paying for or things that that reduce the rate so uh so give them a call you've got nothing to lose car insurance something we all have to have you might as well be paying the most efficient affordable price for it uh, so you can call john at 471-7155 again that is spicklemeyer insurance agency last week on death taxes in duval we uh we got into the kicking situation and uh you and i have i believe both agreed that you know, if it came down to a game-winning field goal, the confidence level right now was anything but good. And sure enough, that was the case for Ryan Santoso. Granted, it was a 57-yarder, but it was nowhere near going in. And the result of that, once again, the Jaguars make another transaction. Another transaction, and uh, appreciate Doug Peterson's transparency on this. He was basically asked, what's the plan at kicker? And he was like, well, we've claimed somebody. And since they have the number one uh, waiver claim, if, if they make a claim, they're guaranteed to get the player. So Josh McCourt, who just got released by the Chargers, uh, will be joining the team in Atlanta. Uh, that's what the Jaguars are working on today. Uh, the move will become official at 4 o'clock, but they've gone ahead and told Josh that they are claiming him and uh, and trying to get him in route to Atlanta. So he will be joining the team uh, there as the joint practices with the Falcons begin uh, prior to Saturday's preseason finale. So, uh, so yeah, I mean, it's it'll be interesting. Lake strength is certainly a plus. He made eight field goals of 50 yards uh, at Illinois. Um, and uh, we know that that has been the the Achilles heel of, of last season's uh, kicker, Matthew Wright. Uh, the Jaguars elect not to to give him another chance, uh, you know. And, and again, I, I think they really want uh, premier leg strength, and you know, and, and obviously you need to find that with accuracy. So we'll see uh, what happens with Josh McCourt. Uh, Rick, I, Doug Peterson told a really funny story in his press conference today. He was asked about, uh, you know, are you worried at all about who your kicker is going to be for Week One? And he said, "Well." In 2017, we brought in six kickers in week one, leading up to week one. We brought in six kickers that week. And uh, we signed Elliot Fry, and he kicked uh, for us all the way through the Super Bowl. So uh, he is not at all concerned, uh, but I don't know that, that we and, and the fan base feel the same way. But that was, I thought that was an interesting story that the magical season in Philadelphia started out from a kicking standpoint of, we have no idea who our kicker is going into the opener. Well, hopefully it works out here for the young man. I believe this is the fourth kicker they've now had uh, in camp, and he gets an opportunity in Atlanta coming up on Saturday uh, afternoon, and he's able to uh, to make his kicks. He just, you know, it, it it feels like the team is really on the come offensively and defensively. You would hate to have a situation occur 
like what happened last Saturday night. We have a chance to win it, and you can't get it done with a field goal kicker. So let's hope that this move ends up being the right one. All right, let's go back to uh, to Saturday. And, you know, it's one of those deals where, uh, you know, I guess sometimes numbers don't tell the complete story because I thought it was a a balanced attack that was able to move the football. Trevor Lawrence missed Christian Kirk and a couple of third down opportunities. I actually thought when they ran the ball, it was a little bit better than what the numbers ended up saying. Of course, the biggest issue with this football team remains scoring touchdowns in the red zone. They were just over 51% a year ago. They were 28th in the NFL. And right now, I unfortunately don't feel that much better about their red zone attack compared to what we saw one season ago. Yeah, great points, Rick, because it it's, it's, it's great that they're moving the ball, but you're not going to win many games in this league settling for field goals. I mean, it's just not going to happen, and particularly when you have the absence of the explosive play, which is really what they – they haven't really had that. They had the 32-yarder to Zay Jones, but in the limited time the starters have played, there really have not been the big explosive plays. I was encouraged that they were 10 of 20 on third down. Uh, because of what you said. Trevor missed two that were uh, wide open to Christian Kirk that would have been conversions. So I think Doug Peterson and his staff are doing an excellent job right now of of knowing what to call. Uh, to be 50% on third down when Trevor misses two and then you're playing EJ Perry uh, in the latter stages of the game, who obviously is is completely uh, you know out of his element. Um, you know, I, I thought that was a good performance, but you've got to be able to punch it in. Uh, Doug did say after the game that he really wanted to focus on the run game in that area. Uh, so that gave me a, a maybe a, a tinge of comfort uh, because I don't know that they would be that conservative in the regular season. But he did say is like, you know, we know we're going to have to we, we're going to have to be able to run the ball down there. So I wanted to really work on that. And, you know, unfortunately, the results weren't there. Uh, and, and, you know, so I was pleased with how they moved the ball. But you're not going to win a lot of, you know, 18 to 14 games in the NFL where you kick six field goals. So it's definitely a concern and, you know, something that has uh, is, is got to be fixed. If, if they're going to make a big jump, you know, the numbers that you pointed out, they've got to drastically improve on those numbers in the red zone. Yeah, and, you know, that again, that, that's something that I am very much concerned with. I, I think they are going to be able to move the ball, but, you know, and we're talking about settling for three, and obviously we just had that conversation. That's been in doubt you got to find ways to score seven. We witnessed James Robinson uh, practice again on Tuesday, and, you know, he appeared that he's looking even better. He's able to do a little bit more. So that could end up changing uh, the entire running back situation once he gets back out there. Are they set, in your opinion, with the four? Could, could they possibly – you know, move along from Rock Armstead. I look at a guy like Kenyon Drake that was cut yesterday in Las Vegas. There are going to be some other backs who are going to pop up here. I mean, I'm under the impression that if James Robinson is good to go in three Sundays, there's no need to do that. But who knows what they're thinking, and I, I would have to believe that that's a possibility. I, I think absolutely. Now, I, I was impressed with James Robinson today in the practice that they had at the stadium. Uh, to me, he looked like the burst is starting to come back a little bit more from from what I've seen. So that was that was encouraging. Um, I I do expect that he's going to be ready for the opener. Um, but it's a great point because once you get beyond 
Etienne, Robinson, and Snoop Connor, what are they doing with that fourth back? And is that fourth back here? I, I think that's absolutely a spot where you could either uh, look to the to waiver wire. Kenyon Drake is an interesting player. I, I don't know that he'd be willing to come here where you're probably looking at best being the third guy, but but maybe. Um, but, uh, it, you know, as a vested veteran, he has his uh, choice to sign wherever he wants. Um, but, yeah, I think that fourth running back, not that it's a huge concern if James Robinson is is active for Washington, but if he isn't, then then it absolutely becomes uh, more of a concern. But I, I was really encouraged by how he ran today. Uh, again, it's not a contact practice, but just seeing him run through the hole, I thought James Robinson looked quicker than, than at any time I've seen in training camp. All right, where is Jacksonville now with the offensive line? Ben March got you know a lot of burn on Saturday night as the left guard. Uh, Walker Little is is really being uh, criticized for the sack he allowed uh, to T.J. Watt. Uh, it, it wasn't his his best effort, but I I think you have to also tip your cap to Watt as being one of the very best at, at what he does. Uh, it just feels like Juwan Taylor is going to win that job, and if something crazy happens here over the next couple of weeks. I'm under the belief that he's going to be the guy starting when they go to Washington, D.C. I, I think you're right. I think it's Jawan Taylor. I, I think Walk, Walker Little picked a bad time to have his worst week of practice and, and game. I mean, he got uh, just steamrolled by Dewan Smoot in a one-on-one rep the other day. And uh, and, and then obviously you had the, uh, the sack he allowed to uh, T.J. Watt the other night, and it was an excellent rush. I mean, Watt's obviously you know an outstanding is one of the best edge rushers, if not the best in in the league. Uh, it was a great move, but it's still it's just something that you know if you're gonna if you're trying to win a job, uh, that's not going to help you. And uh, I do think Jawan Taylor has a lead. Um, Doug did say today that left guard and right tackle are still competitive. Um, the next two days in Atlanta will obviously uh, be important. I don't know how much either one of them are going to play in the game on Saturday unless they're just in a position where they can't, uh, with Will Richardson and, and uh, uh, BT being out, uh, Bedard uh, Troer, uh, yep. you know, I, I don't know if, uh, if they're going to be able to sit them. I think they want to, and maybe that's why uh, some reason why they went and got some offensive line depth today. Uh, trading for Cole Van Lannon uh, from Green Bay for uh, what Packers reporters are saying is a six-round pick uh, in next year's draft. He's somebody that's pl- played tackle in college at Wisconsin, but uh, you know, it, it, as you mentioned, has been seeing some time at guard. So, you know, who knows where he? Maybe he's a guy that if they're trading for him, maybe they feel like you know this is a guy that can help it tackle and maybe inside as well. Maybe like a Will Richardson. I mean, maybe that's exactly kind of the player they think he is not a great player but he could help you out at at multiple spots pretty much any spot other than center so uh you know can van lannon be ready to play saturday and give him some reps uh with richardson and and bt down uh so that you can protect Jawan taylor uh walker little and obviously cam robinson's not playing saturday yeah when you give up a sixth round pick again it's the green bay uh Reporters are uh, are telling us right now. I mean, he's going to be on the team. He may have an opportunity to win that job, but you don't give up a sixth round pick today unless you know there is a plan in line for this young guy. So 
I've always been under the impression that Jacksonville's been very solid with the seven, the five starters, and let's assume right now it would be Shatley and Little as your two backups. Well, he just took a roster spot because, in my opinion, that becomes the eighth overall offensive lineman. So, you know, let's segue to to Laquan Winningham, who was a surprise cut for me. Uh, We've had some conversations about him. Uh, here on uh, death taxes and Duval. That one I did not see coming. So just your opinion there. And why do I get the feeling that someone else is going that you and I have on our 53? And I, I just look around. Is it is it D Ford? Is it Shaq Quarterman? Uh, could it be LaVisca Chenault? Could it be Caleb on chase on, uh, could it, I, I don't know. I'm just, I, I get this funny feeling that there's going to be a surprise cut next week. Yeah. I, I, I would be very nervous if I was LaVisca Chanel. Um, he, he just doesn't look cut out for this. I mean, it, he just, he, he looks like whatever speed he had when he entered the league is gone. I mean, I, I've never heard of a player losing a step it in their early twenties, early to mid twenties. But that's what it looks like with LaVisca Chanel. Whether it's a lack of confidence, uh, this forcing him to to play slower. Uh, I mean, I've I've never seen a punt returner look as slow as LaVisca Chanel. And you know, <laughs> if if all he gives you is well, I can throw him a screen and he can break a tackle and get me six yards. If that's the best he offers your offense, why would you keep him? I mean, yeah. you know, that just isn't enough to justify a roster spot. You know, in my opinion, and and so. My guess is they keep him because, again, uh, teams, even though this administration didn't take him, teams just seem to be reluctant to cut uh, a second-round pick so quickly, uh, particularly a team that has struggled. But if 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 the label second-round pick wasn't attached to LaVisca Chenault, I, I don't think anyone would think he's making the team. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's very interesting. Yeah. So that yeah. would, that would be mine. And, uh, yeah, it, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where I, I just, I just don't know that, that he gives you that much. I mean, I, yeah, I credit him for being able to break tackles, but I, that's just, to me, that's just not, if that's your best asset as a receiver and everything else is a negative, I just don't think you have much value. Yeah. He does. He has no wiggle and, you know, everyone, myself included, wants to see him do more and then you put him out there at practice last week and you have him return kicks and he drops one and then you see what he does as far as the punt returns this past Saturday night with a drop and then another one where he can't get you any yardage I mean it just seems like the more you ask him to do the less you're actually getting out of him so I I think he's a slot receiver and a slot receiver only and you know right now my guess would be he's behind Christian Kirk and frankly Jamal Agnew in limited opportunity uh, has actually looked better in my opinion uh, at that particular position so that's going to be really intriguing Uh, the defense is ahead of the offense once again they play very well outside of that final drive that five play drive by the rookie Kenny Pickett but uh, second consecutive game, Hayes, they have forced and recovered a fumble. Remember, they only got two in the entire season a year ago. They now have two by the starters in consecutive weeks. And the most promising part of this is their ability to rush for and only for and really create a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's an excellent point. And again, it's it's really encouraging the sort of rotation that they're they're now forming. I've been really impressed with 
Dewan Smoot and Arden Key. Arden Key has arguably been the preseason MVP because uh, he's he's done something great each time out. Um, and, and Dewan Smoot is is really had a fantastic game Saturday against the Steelers. So that's really rounding into form. And yeah, I mean, if 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 they're able to get pressure with the with the uh, front four. Uh, you like what Trayvon Walker brings. Obviously, Josh Allen's an accomplished uh, pass rusher. So I, I I do think that that is looking pretty good. Now, uh, you know, Doug Peterson sort of cautioned it with, you know, hey, you know, teams still aren't really game planning, but but he's certainly excited about his group, and, and he should be um, because right now, I mean, they, they are playing at a very high level. Arden Key on a one-year $4 million deal, I mean, that may have been a, an absolute steal. He had six and a half sacks last year in San Francisco, uh, and he's only 26. Uh, and so, you know, if, if he's able to get near that number, uh, you've got Trayvon Walker, who you're adding in. Uh, Josh Allen and Dewan Smoot were the only players to go over six sacks last season. Um, you know, now you start to feel like maybe you're, you know, building up that pass rush a little bit. So I, I've been really encouraged so far by, you know, by the pressure these guys have been able to get. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been very interesting to watch. It's been a lot of fun uh, to watch. And again, there's uh, definitely some promise there. Uh, the back end, the depth, a little bit of an issue for me in the contain. I mean, Shaq Griffin wakes up with back tightness. He doesn't go. Instead, it's Chris Claybrooks. Uh, there's an obvious drop off on the other side of Tyson Campbell. Um, you know, we know Darius Williams uh, is going to be back this week we don't know if in fact he'll he'll give it a go uh officially in atlanta but you know he's projected to be the slot guy and that's uh, as well um you know they have some depth there with herndon but boy when you're talking about just a straight corner a number two corner if something happens to shaq griffin like we saw last week all of a sudden that becomes a major issue for the football team. Yeah, it does. And and Shaq Griffin isn't going to play Saturday, but the word is he's fine. So that's that's good news uh, is we're 19 days away from uh, from the opener in Washington. Rick, how much would you play Devin Lloyd, if any, on Saturday uh, if he's cleared? Now, he still wasn't doing everything out there today, which was disappointing because he's now a full month uh, out from that hamstring injury suffered the day before camp opened. But if he's cleared, uh, would you play him Saturday or w- or would you hold him out? No, I would absolutely play him. He's got to get some work. I, I just don't think you could say to a rookie, even a first rounder, all right, here it is, your first ever game, and it's uh, you know on opening day uh, against Washington. So I'm going to go against uh, kind of the normal way of thinking here I and mean, say you know the guy played in in uh, in the Big Ten. He played at Utah, but he's never seen overall speed like this. Even though we don't know exactly what Washington's going to do offensively, I just want him to get used to, uh, uh, or I should say, what Atlanta's going to do this weekend offensively. After you know playing last night, I have to play him at least for one quarter. Let his you know let him get his feet wet. How about you? Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I I just don't think you can put him out there in the opener. Uh, when he when he hasn't played at all, I mean, and again, I think we have a very recent example of why they should do it, and it's Chad Muma. Uh, now, you know, he obviously that was different. He, they hadn't been in camp very long, but Chad Muma against the Raiders in Canton looked like he was completely lost. Then the next week against the Browns, he plays great, and he followed that up against uh, the Steelers and played really well. I I think these guys need to see it. Uh, before they get out there in a real game, and and I just think to 
to have like three or four practices and then go play Washington in the opener. I just think that's begging for uh, a missed assignment where, you know, a running back gets loose and, and goes 70 or, you know, something to that effect. I I would play Devin Lloyd. I, I would absolutely get him out there for 15, 20 snaps uh, so that when he goes to Washington, there's still going to be a jump, uh, but it, it won't be as massive for him as it would be if he went straight from the practice field to playing in an NFL regular season game. All right, let's, uh, let's wrap it up by looking at Saturday night and, or Saturday afternoon and, and other guys that you know we believe are either starters or on the two deep who are going to get an opportunity to play. I got to go back to that offensive line. Uh, obviously, you got to see a little bit more uh, out of Walker Little, and I wonder about Ben March. Does, does he need more reps? Maybe the biggest disappointment for me is I wanted the five and only the five to be set at this point for them to get every rep during the two days that they practice against Atlanta and the other weeks to get ready. Washington, it doesn't appear that that's going to be the case after the trade that was made today. And, you know, during practice, we saw the continuous rotation with Taylor and Little at right back. So it seems like that first five is the way that I hoped it would be at this particular point. Uh, who else do you see uh, playing that uh, could be a little bit of a surprise coming up on Saturday night? Yeah, that's a great question because um, I think he's going to sit as many as he can. Um, you know, so I, I, the, the headliner to me is going to be Devin Lloyd. Um, I don't think he even will play Darius Williams because he's, he's been in the league, so I don't think for Darius Williams you get as concerned about you know, him not seeing live action before the opener. Um, but I, I, you know, I, I think when you look at it, I, you know, Jay Tufele, I think it's a big game for him. I think it's a big game for LaVisca Chenault. I mean, you need to start showing something. I, I just don't know how they can say he's absolutely on the team. What has he shown you? I mean, what has yeah. he shown you in camp to say he absolutely should be on this team? Uh, so I, I think uh, Chenault's going to play a lot. Chason, I think he'll play a lot, but I, but I think he's on the team safely. Um, but I don't think you're going to see Trayvon Walker or Josh Allen. So I would imagine that just because of the numbers, they'll have to play uh, Chason a little bit. Uh, and, and frankly, he should. He played 33 snaps against Pittsburgh and had one tackle. Uh, so, you know, they need to continue to develop him. Um you know, so that would be. Uh, I think they'll play Muma. Would be my guess. So I'd I'd be excited about seeing uh, Chad Muma out there, and if he can continue that growth. Uh, so those are the guys for me. But it's look, it's going to be a, a snoozer. I mean, this is going to be a game where, I mean, it is going to the the list of inactives on this one is going to be gigantic. So uh, I I I think I think it's pretty clear that they're going to have two pretty good passes with Atlanta and then shut it down and get ready for Washington. So uh, I, I think it's going to be uh, not, you know, not a lot of news breaking on Saturday, uh, which is a good thing if, if they get out of it healthy. Um, but I, don't, I really don't think we're going to see anything ultra competitive. And, and I'm curious if Doug Peterson, after uh, the final practice with Atlanta, will go ahead and say, this is the starting left guard, this is the starting right tackle, and they're not playing Saturday. Yeah. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And, uh, you know, you pointed it out. I, I think the practices are are actually far more important than the game. And, you know, it's really just that bottom of the roster who are going to be the final guys, the 50, 51, 52, 53, who make the team. And then, you know, before they make the cuts next week, um, you have to wonder how secure are those jobs anyway? Are they going to bring in some other players once the other 31 teams 
say goodbye to players. Uh, also keep in mind that, that Trump, Trent Bulky really has a reputation of, of making some trades. And, you know, last year was Gardner Minshew for a sixth round pick. You, you start mentioning names like Caleb on chase on and LaVisca Chanel. Can you get anything for them? Uh, again, they weren't Trent bulky picks. Those were, those were, uh, you know, Dave Caldwell picks. So, uh, I happen to think that Chase on is is going to stick around much like you because he's the third guy really in that rotation behind Allen and Walker. But who knows? I, I think those would be the two that I would look at right now that if this football team can get anything more than a bag of balls, it would be Chase on or Chenault. Yeah, yeah. Great point. I, I, I agree with you. It's going to be fascinating to see as we really are in the – the final stretch now of of the the first fifty three. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, looking forward to it. Want to thank our sponsor, uh, Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency. Again, give John a call four seven one seven one five five. Let him help you out. Let him just look at your policy. He'll he'll tell you be straight with you. He'll be like, yeah, I can't save you any money. Or he'll say, yeah, I probably can save you some money. You you may be paying for things that you don't really need to be paying for, particularly if you've had the same car insurance for a number of years. Uh, the circumstances change in your life and that can affect how much you're paying and, and, and things like that. So uh, give John a call, 471-7155. You've got nothing to lose. Uh, give Spicklemeyer Insurance Agency the chance to look over your policy and make sure that they can't save you some cash. No doubt. Thank you to him as well. We always appreciate it. Jaguar fans, we definitely want to hear from you. The best way to reach us is on Twitter. You can get me. It's Blue1010XL. And, of course, I come on after Hayes, who's with you each and every day from 3 to 6. I come on from 6 until 8. Hayes, how do the listeners get you? Yeah, please uh, reach out at Hayes Carlion. Yep, there you have it. That is the very latest on the Jags. So, Enjoy the rest of the week. Enjoy the game on Saturday. The next time we talk with you, it'll be very interesting because the Jaguars will be on the cusp of making their cuts from 80 all the way down to 53. For Hayes Carline, my name is Rick Ballou. Great to hear from you. This is Death, Taxes, and Duval. I want to, want to, want to